Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. And as always, we talk judging and MMA, so you can learn the criteria at abcboxing.com. Dan, we have a very busy three-day stretch of MMA coming up here. Three straight days, Thursday, Friday, all, Saturday. All the biggest leagues in North America, organizations, promotions, whatever they want to call themselves, they're all in action, in succession, starting with PFL on Thursday, Bellator Friday, and UFC Saturday. And I mean, I don't know where you stand as far as, I mean, you know, we'll get into a little deeper later on in the show, but I don't know where you stand as far as which one you're most looking forward to. But to be honest, there is competition for which one is the best card. Yeah, I'm I'm still leaning the UFC. They got some fights there that that make me excited, but uh, minus the main event. But we'll uh, we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. We'll we'll dive deep into it. But I will say honestly, if you were to just change the labels on the UFC card versus the Bellator card and look at just how interesting they are as far as fights to watch, top to bottom, I feel like. You wouldn't really notice a big difference. They're they're both strong. They have nothing else. Bellator put a lot of heavy hitters on this one. But even throughout, I mean, all, all the so. way down the prelims. These are prelims that like you really shouldn't miss. And I mean, Bellator forever has not booked their prelims this way. Now they're finally starting to, and it's nice. Oh, it'd be nice if they if they got out of the regional mindset of booking prelims. I think they have. This is this is what it really seems to be, man. I think we're moving in that direction. Oh, that's a good thing. I wonder if that has anything to do with showtime, although oddly enough. They don't put the prelims on Showtime or any of the networks. It's like YouTube. So strange. Maybe eventually it moves around. We will see. Well, I guess if you want people to actually go tune into Showtime, the YouTube that's has a good to way be to do it. Quality, sure, so. it's at least one way. But yeah, I mean, they, there's other <laughs> other avenues on the US, on uh, you know CBS Viacom that you would think makes sense. But that's you know that's another discussion, right? Yeah. But uh, you know, we do have as as we typically do on these. Uh, advance of event shows we have a past judgment for you guys uh last week we had done a past judgment and a splitting headaches this time we're just sticking straight with the past judgment we got a five rounder for you uh based around the fact that neil magny is going to be in action against jeff neil at 170 pounds in the ufc card uh so we picked a magny fight against kelvin gastelum from six years ago uh, Dan, do you remember this fight when it happened, by the way? No, I did not remember this. See, I definitely watched it. I definitely uh, remember sitting there and watching it. I actually don't remember which way I scored it. I couldn't have exactly told you what happened in this fight, but I, you know, we're scanning around trying to figure out what we're going to do, talking about it like we always do, Dan. And uh, I thought this one was an interesting one because if you go to MMA Decisions and you see all the media scorecards, the vast majority of them had this as a draw. And it went down as a split decision. So obviously there there is a lot of disconnect. We've got you know media thinking one thing. We've got people on each side of the fence of as to who won. Uh, I think it's it's totally viable to dissect this one, right? Yeah, let's still you can get into that. Yeah, yeah. So before we do, of course, as always, why don't you remind them how we do the scoring for this particular segment? Of course, the CSJ criteria basically the same as the ABC criteria. As I mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. But we just made a few key changes. 
10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alright, set up Gastelum Magni. Yep, you got it. So, uh, again, this one took place about six years ago, uh, on November 21st, 2015, in Monterey, Mexico, at Arena Monterey. It was the headliner of the Ultimate Fighter Latin America 2 season, Dan. So, I don't know. I know you watched a lot of Ultimate Fighter. Did you watch those? I didn't watch um, the off-brand, I guess. The, the, the international the, the ones. The ones where they, the international ones. I wouldn't yeah. call it off-brand. I don't know. Something like that. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you say you didn't watch those. I got you. I got you. Um, but yeah, going into this one, uh, Neil Magny, he actually he's 28 years old. He comes into this one a little less than three weeks uh, notice stepping in for Matt Brown. Uh, he was 16 and four. He had won eight of his last nine fights. You remember when he was in that kind of groove where he really all of a sudden he just like couldn't lose. And he went from kind of a, you know, someone that people weren't really talking about to all of a sudden he's in, you know, main events and things. Yeah. And he's at the status he's in. Uh, to this day, mm-hmm. you know, still still being a very effective uh, welterweight uh, in that division here. So, yep, he had, he was coming in on a hot streak. He had just won a split decision over Eric Silva three months before this fight. Gastelum, he was 10 and one coming in, only 24 years old. It, it, it's crazy how young Gastelum was when he came in and, and really is now because it's like it feels like he's been here forever. He's been around a while. It just feels that way. I, I don't even know. I guess and he's had a long career, but, but nonetheless, he just he feels like he's been even longer. But he's just he's still not. He's not even thirty. Well, he was only uh, only twenty one on tough. No, I know, but you didn't have a lot of young guys like that on tough. Yeah, you know, at least the seasons I remember, it was it was typically a lot of veterans. And you know, once in a while, you had like a young guy. Brad Tavares, I remember, was very young mm-hmm. when he was on, but he didn't win, uh, of course. And, and he's still sticking around, of course. Good, good for him sticking around that long. Uh, so yeah, Gaslam, he's twenty twenty four. Coming in off of a TKO victory over Nate Marquardt. This was his first foray into middleweight because in his previous fight, he missed weight by 10 pounds. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that? That was against uh, Tyra Woodley. I don't remember that, no. And it's funny It's funny you don't remember that because you and I watched this particular fight Okay. at the movies. Do you remember that? I remember going to movies to watch fights because that was awesome. It- well, we did it one time, you and I. I think okay. it's the only time we ever did this one. And this that was the Anderson Silva Nick Diaz. Right, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm, was the same event. I love uh, that. So this was the co main event right before that one. Okay. Uh, Gastelum and Woodley. Woodley won a split decision that night. Okay. I don't know. Uh, and that was that was Gastelum's first loss. But he had again he'd gotten back on track against Mark Hart. And now after taking that middleweight fight, he got the chance to go back down to welterweight again. Ultimately didn't stay there, and then he's back at middleweight now. But we're we're talking about a welterweight fight on this one. Uh the judges. For this one are Eric Colomb, Marcos Rosales, and Cardo Urso with the referee, John McCarthy. So round one, Dan, let's uh, let's dive in. What happened here? Started looking pretty good from Gaslam on the feet uh, until he gets uh, taken down pretty hard by Magny, who then, you know, moved to mount quickly, grabbed the, grabbed the back. But, you know, they scrambled to the top. Gaslam lands a nice technique that I know I've done on you a million times in training, that drop throw. Stop it. And... Well, not live, but drilling. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's sell Which, it right. Don't 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 be like I just fall victim to the same move. 
It was, I mean, I, I haven't used that. There's other moves that I fall victim I all the time, though. I haven't even done that one in a long time. But that, that was like, oh, wow, look at that. I haven't trained in a long time. I miss it. So, after, I mean, you think he'd end up on top of, you know, Magni scrambles pretty good, keeps the back mm-hmm. a little bit. I just didn't think Magni was really attacking. I thought it was like one big scramble for the most part. Like, he'd have some some moments where he'd grab a position briefly, and then Gaslin would scramble out, and then it, it, Magni would win the scramble again. I didn't think he was doing all that much with his attacks to go 10-8. I could understand someone going 10-8. I, I just didn't. I went 10-9. Well, I'm glad you understand because I did go 10-8, sir. Um, and, you know, 10-8, and of course, our system is more like a 10-8.5 where you got a little bit of leeway. I would never have given this one an actual ABC 10-8. It wouldn't have even been a consideration. But reasons why I felt strong here are the fact that First off, Gastelum, he really doesn't land a ton of actual offense in this round. There's just not a lot that he gets done. Uh, and I did think Magni did start to get the better of things later on in the round to make it very clear. And it looked pretty solid as far as the offense he was landing. I, I'm i not going to say I would sit here like and die on the hill that this has to be a 10-8 in our system. But I think our system does allow for a round that's much more clear like this one to be a 10-8. And, and thus, I went that way. Yeah, it's a fine score. It's just I, I didn't think... Gaslam was in any danger, and I did think he was winning the uh, the striking exchanges before it went to the ground. But yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't say he was winning it by much, though, because it's still not not a whole lot was really happening up there. If Magni grabbed the position and kept it, and then started attacking the neck uh, with more vigor, urgency, a little yeah, a little bit more, or, or threw more punches, or, or got mount and kept mount and landed some punches, I'd probably go ten eight. But I felt he'd get a position and then he'd just have it and then lose it and then have to scramble again. And it just wasn't wasn't there for me. But I get why why someone could go there. That's fair. And and uh, for context, I watched this fight on three and a half hours of sleep. So maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm sleep deprived. So who knows? No, but... you're, you're not. In my notes here, it says 10-8 is a very fine score in our system. Okay. okay. So... Even, even before you knew my score, that's yes. good. I, so... I, feel, I feel a little better about that because honestly, I kind of just want to go to sleep. Because if... if, if... <laughs> Yeah, dude, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, the judges, of course, no no uh, debate here. 10-9, Magni. Uh, it's the only score that would have made any sense at that point, no matter what you were scoring as far as whether, you know, this was pre uh, kind of the clarified criteria that we had, you know, several years back, but it wouldn't have mattered. I, no one would have thought about this one as a 10-8 whatsoever. It's no. just in our system. It allows that flexibility. Yep. Round two, though. Uh, this one, I think, was a lot more subdued as far as who's winning the round i definitely thought magni was winning i thought it was a solid round for him yeah i just didn't think he you know made it even remotely close to being like a 10-8 oh system. no no you know yeah I mean? he that's didn't, all i'm saying no he yeah. didn't he didn't push close to a 10-8 here but he was he was landing the better strikes gaslam was getting backed up gaslam kept it competitive it was a competitive round it was just a magni round yeah i think this was just kind of your typical you know nothing big necessarily happened one way or the other but someone definitely Close but clear, I think, for Magni, right? Yeah, yeah. That's fair to say. I don't think there's a whole lot to really say about this one. I mean, you covered most of it, right? Yeah, I mean, you can can harp on Magni landed some pretty decent three-punch combos. Yeah, he looked solid. I I think it was stuff like that that kind of was able to to bring it to the close but clear part of it, the clear element of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I agree, so. Just a 10-9. Not not a whole lot more to beat down on this horse. Yep. Uh, and so that puts us at, you know, obviously I had the 10-8 in the last round. So I have Magni up 20 to 17 and you got him up 20 to 18. Yeah. 
which is what all the judges have. They all have it. Twenty to eighteen. You know, ten nines across the board here. No, no drama. Nothing. Nothing unusual here. Uh, round three. This is where I mean, I think without a doubt, this is the turning point of the fight. This is Gaslam's best round. He finally has a, a good offensive round. Or to this point. Up to this point, yes. I just didn't think it was good enough. Okay. He came out very... Well, well, yeah, break it down, yeah. Yeah, he came out very aggressive, landed good strikes back and, you know, Magny up. But on the whole, Magny was just better. He was landing more in the clinch. Magny was clearly better, landing solid knees to the head and to the body. I just think it's a Magny round. It was closer than round two. So I can see someone making a case for Gaslam because he did have some good offense. I totally understand it. I Honestly, I was pretty close uh, for Gaslam here. I, I did think Magny had the volume, uh, and I don't think Gaslam really was able to completely counterbalance what he was. I think he was landing better, um, and I, I think it, it really made it just a case of did you feel that Gaslam was able to really be more effective with what he was landing in, in a little bit lower volume than what Magny was able to land in a little bit higher volume. It's a tough call. It's I think it's really just comes a down close to, round. It comes down to maybe, you know, which ones you see from what angle, uh, you know, and, and you know, how much they're able to assess being at the cage, you know, uh Cologne, Rosales, and Urso. You know, they of course get the that extra feedback. I'm not sure what Urso was in relation to you know, it's a lot of the action of this round. So maybe he's closer, maybe he's farther away. It's hard to tell. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, it, But I did go Magni. It's really a shame Fight Pass did away with the alternate camera angles. Oh, yeah. It really is a shame. So, like, it's like they just took all that stuff that was useful <laughs> and they said, well, let's put that in the trash. Yeah, forget this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fight Pass really, Fight Pass has a lot to offer. It has a lot of content. It's got a lot of regional shows and, and other, you know, grappling and all sorts of things to offer for fight fans. It's, it's so much more, and I'm not trying to be an advertisement for fight pass, but here's, here's where I'm not a f- advertisement for fight pass. It's search function is broken. First off, it's totally broken because you can search for this. It didn't, it didn't happen with this one, but let, if just for argument's sake, let's just pretend if you search for Magni gasolum, just those two words, there's no guarantee you're going to see that fight in the first like 30 results. <laughs> it's so ridiculously stupid. I found the easiest way is just type in whatever event name it was. I know. And the, but unfortunately I don't that I want to do that. Right. And you just want to get I want straight I to want the it point. to work like like Google or Yahoo <laughs> or Alta Vista or Alta or Vista Hotbot. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of all the search engines that have been, you know, come and gone. Ask Jeeves. Anything wow. that's happened in the last like 25 years <laughs> has to be better as a search function than UFC Fight Pass. It is broken. It is flat broken. Someone needs to figure out how to fix this. No one cares enough to do that. So it's got to be so, like, <laughs> like, I'm not a programmer, man. I'm really not. But how hard could it be? I, I don't know. How hard could it be? I'm sorry. The UFC makes money hand over fist. Just throw. I don't know. Could $10,000 thrown at somebody to come in there and work on this for like, I don't know, how long could it possibly take? An afternoon? <laughs> Couldn't they fix it? Uh, that's, there's my little mini rant. We're, we're, right. We should send her back. Yeah. Here. Nonetheless, UFC Fight Pass, it just needs to get fixed. Yeah. And bring back the camera angles. Yes, need the, need the camera angles. Definitely. And, and you know, the corner stuff and all, all the other the audio feeds and things. Yep. Especially anything where they could somehow, I don't know if they had feeds like this, anything where they can just turn off the commentary would just be delightful. Well, you used to be able to do that. You could just listen to the corner. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. The, well, the corner is going to influence in a different way too, but it is, it's a little different. So yeah, it would be nice to have that. Sometimes Dan, I I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but sometimes I will watch the broadcast uh, in Espanol because I do not speak the language and thus it's harder for me to get influenced by it. Okay. But I can still hear what's going on in the cage. All right. Which is what I like. It's okay. It's like, it's like a step up from muting it a little bit higher. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, but you know, that's not how I'm going to sit there and watch it like live. I just, I, I do kind of want and sort of need to hear what's happening or what, oh, yes. what craziness Rogan's saying or who Dominic Cruz is throwing under the bus. Yeah. You still want to have fun. Yeah. But anyway, so moving on to the, Championship rounds for a non-title fight. Round four. Well, round... This is the big round. Well, round... Oh, we didn't go over the scores, did yeah, we? Yeah, round three. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I went on my little rant. We forgot. So <laughs> Eric Colon and Marcos Rosales, they had this one for Magni, 10-9, just you and I did. Uh, so their score is now 30-27 for Magni, uh, just like you. I have 30-26 because of my first round. Pardo Urso, he has it 10-9 for Gastelum. Uh, which, again, I understand probably a little more than you do, but it doesn't sound like you think it's crazy, right? I don't think it's crazy. Yeah, and so he's got 29-28 for Magni. But, I mean, at this point, in the actual fight, for the judges who really count, Gaslam needs a finish or to get some sort of 10-8 here. Um, but round four, I think there's at least a case for it. He's got a case here. Even in the ABC system. In ABC system, he has a case post, what, 2017? Yeah, yeah. So well, let's let's go over. Yeah, what happened in this round? Why? Oh, well, Magny landed some good strikes early, and then it it didn't last long because he got dropped with a, a big right, and uh, Gaslam follows him to the ground, and he actually starts going for the finish for a little bit. Does, but then he gets a little bit hung up on trying to secure a crucifix position, which mm. if he does lock it in, it's likely course, he'll get a finish. That could very so, well end the fight. Yeah, I mean it's it's high risk, high reward. But I thought he. It, he kind of got away from just punching and, and doing damage. Um, and then Magny's able to get back to his feet. But he's not there very long again because he gets dropped again. Yep. With a left. And I didn't think Gasolum really tried to finish him in the, after the second one. If he just, like Brian Stan said, just makes him... great Brian Stan. Just, you know, give a posture up, give a little space and start landing some bombs. I, I totally agree with him. If he did that, I might have went 10-7. I didn't go 10-7. I went 10-8. I thought it's a very clear 10-8. For our system, yeah, of course. And, yeah, and po in post-2017, I, I think you can go there. I don't remember what it was in 2015. It was, you know, it wasn't quite this. You know, this was about eight months before the, uh, I believe, the ABC passed the the new, you know, the revised criteria. So, yeah, it wasn't really being worked on entirely is my understanding. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, so, that you know, that's why... I think that's at least why is my theory why we didn't get any 10 eights for a round like this, because I do think there's at least a case for it. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I might, you know, I'm speculating about something, but I saw this one. I wouldn't say I saw this as a definitive 10 seven in, in our system and thus a 10 eight for the ABC, but I thought it was close enough that I was willing to go there. Well, yeah, I mean, you get smashed twice. You're talking about these so... diminishing blows here that, that are obviously taking the fight out of Magni in a way that, I mean, he was, he was in this fight completely, even up until the beginning of the round, he was, he was, he was either winning three Oh or two to one mm -hmm. and looking pretty good in this one. And then all of a sudden the whole thing changed because he got dropped twice. I think you've got really serious diminishing blows there. And I think that you can qualify that, that, you know, the damage there. Um, the problem is dominance and duration. And that's why I understand why it doesn't necessarily get to that point. 
Yeah, because that, there's not a much. high level of duration happening from from the offense. Like he tried, you know, he had earlier on, right? Or at, a little at bit. The more. first knockdown, he started swinging. I was like, "This is yeah. what Mag." This is. I was thinking my exact thoughts was Magny should have done this in but round even one. Even that, I just didn't think it lasted long enough. It, it 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 didn't because like he got hung up on trying to lock in a crucifix position. Exactly, exactly. And I don't know that he even gets the dominance there because he doesn't really get any great positions that he hangs onto on the ground or anything. Well, yeah. So I. I I don't know, and and you do have a little bit of offense from from Magni here and there, so it's not like it was some sort of you know blowout round either. Uh, so I understand why there is debate here, but I went to ten seven because I like the idea of pushing the score just a little bit further, and my score doesn't count, so that's fine. Yeah, all right, fair <laughs> enough. So, but it's interesting because as we get to later, this round really could have if it was scored a ten eight in the ABC system, it really could have changed the way this went. Oh, uh, so, so uh, yeah, as far as the judges here, no one did give a 10, eight. It was all 10 nines, all for Gastelum as it should be, uh, you know, the winner anyway. And, uh, and so that ties up the card for Cardo Urso. But again, Magni already has secured a, a victory short of some sort of 10, eight or being finished. And if he didn't get a 10, eight for this one, you know, he, I mean, it had to go really bad in round five and it didn't really, go there so magni's up 39 37 on colonna rosales card so round five like i said we don't get kind of any blowout here or anything yeah but after round four i got 38 37 you have oh yes thank you for updating i have i have 37 36 so we're both, both for, for magni, magni. Yeah. we each have magni up a point but we each i went uh to the degrees of victory in the yeah. rounds degree you know the margin of victory in the rounds higher than you did so that's why yep. i'm a point down on each side from you. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. So. I appreciate that. Uh, getting that <laughs> one in. I almost forgot. Uh, but yeah, so round five, like I said, this this one's not a blowout at all. Well, it started like it could be a blowout because Gastelum, after the fourth round, he came out hot again. And a lot land, of confidence in that young man. Land that a, point. a big takedown, straight to side control. But again, he didn't really do it much offense from side control. And he gets put back in guard. And from here, he actually lands better. Like, Magni should have just been like, you know what? I'm just going to let him stay in side control because he's not doing any damage to me from side control. <laughs> but when he's in my guard, he's smashing me. Um, you know, but Mag- they got back on the feet eventually. Magni landed some good uh, good strikes. It was a really fun round, actually. But I think it was a solid gas- round, but, yeah. but nobody really distanced themselves too much one way or the other. Yeah. Magni somehow took the back at the end. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got good scrambles. Like. But I mean, it didn't last long. Like, again, Gaslam turned right into his guard, and this is—he ended the round landing some big shots. It, it was—I thought it was a fun round, but a, a good round for Gaslam, ten nine. Yeah, just just a solid ten nine round for Gaslam. Another—I wouldn't even say close, but clear. It's just a clear round for Gaslam, yeah. and and uh, you know, Magny had his moments, but yes, he didn't. He there was no case to be made uh, for him to win that round, and the judges, of course, agreed. They they saw it correctly for Gaslam ten nine, which is how I saw it in our system. Even you did as well. Yep. So uh, that final score puts us at a draw on our cards. Yeah, I'm 47-47, you're 46-46. Yeah, we both, like I said, we, we ended up at a draw, but we got there in different ways. Well, it was the same round. A little bit different The same, yeah, yeah. same rounds, but, but different degrees. Was it not a different way? I guess, yeah. Are you not sure. <laughs> I said it that way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one, it went down as a split decision. Natural split decision, regular 48 47 is all three, uh, but two of them for Magni from uh Colonna Rosales, and the Urso scorecard was 48 47 for Gastelum. Yep, I mean, I think if you're going to give somebody the victory in this fight, it probably should be Magni. Hmm. 
I mean, fight. Oh, I guess because I don't know. He Jordan, won the game. He, it's true. He won the game. He won the game. He won the That's game. why another one it's, of those cases. But on a whole, on a whole, Gaslam got the better of Magny. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Uh, but but then the question is, what do you do? Uh, not that this matters, but what what would you do if it was Pride or one championship or whatever? I'd go Gaslam. Do you, do you grade it that way based on the fight, or do you grade it based on on the game, so to speak? No, oh, well, if it's if you're judging as a whole, I think Gaslam wins. Yeah, I think so too. But I do think that the right man won based on the based way based on we the way it scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still think a draw would have been better. Yeah, the media got it pretty good. I think I think this time they did, but, but you know, I, this again Not this often. was before. This is before the revised criteria. This is a different era, so you know, keep that in mind, of course. Uh, and of course, the judges—they're uh, there, right? Yep. But that's uh, that's it for past judgment. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, like we were talking about, we've got a very busy slate over the next few days. We've got PFL on Thursday in Atlantic City. We've got Bellator on Friday from uh, Mohegan Sun in Huntersville, Connecticut. And then UFC back over in the Apex before they head back over to Houston for the next pay-per-view, which will be um, interesting. <laughs> but, but that's that's for another week. Yeah, it is. For, so let's yeah, start with PFL. Week. PFL, heavyweights and women's lightweights. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the two biggest divisions that we'll see, you know, in mainstream uh, MMA here. You know, the, the biggest men and, the, uh, you know, the... The biggest uh, women competing, right? Yep, 155 pounds. That is, you know, start. Let's start there. Let's start with with the women. Uh, Kayla Harrison, of course, is the face of that division. It was more or less created for her. Oh let's, yeah, you know, be realistic here. Uh, and honestly, she has looked terrific, though. I, I have to say, against you know the level of competition, you want to you want to get on that. That's fine. But she is now a perfect unbeaten record in MMA, coming over from judo, where she won, of course, two gold medals. For the United States, uh, very decorated athlete, one of our best uh, martial arts in Olympic history, martial artists. I think I'm going to do that one day. What, are you going to compete in the Olympics? Win a gold medal, yeah. Yeah, okay. Good luck. Thank you. All right, my uh, my hat's off to you. I support you. Thank you. Actually, yeah, Kayla Harrison, she's back in action. She's going to defend her PFL title from 2019. Uh, she's first here against uh, Mariana Marais, and I have no reason to believe that she will lose. I'm with Marais. you. Kayla Harrison, that's the choice. I, I mean, I really don't know much about Marais. I can't. I honestly can't say I do either. You know, um, there's not a whole lot of time that I had to glean from this, even though I didn't sleep. It wasn't because I was reading up on the women's 155-pound division of PFL. Uh, it was other reasons, other busy things at work. But Kayla Harrison, I just – it really does seem like this is set up – I'm not saying it was set up for her to win, like, necessarily, but – 155 pounds. It really isn't a division anywhere else. It's it's 145 pounds. Barely has enough. Did she women fight out there? And a lot of these women are kind of you know fighting at a very comfortable weight for them. They're not cutting did, weight. When she fought for Invicta this past year, did she fight 145 or 155? Uh she fought. Well, she fought. I think once or twice, or, or she was supposed to fight twice. I think she only fought once, and that fight was at 145, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So look, she can get there. You know, I've spoken to her about this before. She can get to 45. She just doesn't enjoy cutting weight. She doesn't gotcha. like the idea of it, the way it promotes, you know, kind of unhealthiness there as far as weight cutting and that kind of thing. Uh, she never really has. Like, even before she was very early on in her PFL and MMA career, she just was not behind the idea of cutting weight. Do you think... Um, but at least she proves she could do it. Do you think that 
she's the only one who poses somewhat of a threat to Amanda Nunez at 145. I don't know. Uh, but they do train together, so I, uh, I guess I'm not going to fight. That's then. something that's going to happen. Yeah. No, I okay. think that's a fantasy fight. They, for all I know, it's happened in the gym. They've gone ding ding, a la Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa. I think Apollo maybe, won maybe that had third some fight. Wars. I don't know. What's that? I think Apollo won the third fight. Is that right? I don't. I, I didn't remember who. Uh, I think he ever Cre- got the answer. Creed or Creed Two? I think we get the answer. Oh, is that right? Ah, oh, man, I like those movies too. Yeah, I like the Creed movies. I don't remember that particular element of it though. It was in the it was in the restaurant when he's talking to Rocky. I see. So that probably was was the second one, I think. Probably second one. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, yeah, this division was made for her. I don't see why she would lose. Uh, so it's hard to pick against her at any point until we see a reason. Yeah. But the heavyweights, I think this is much more interesting. Uh, we've got Fabrice Verdun. You know, let's face it, he's still on the very end of his career, but you know, he he looked pretty darn good in his last UFC fight against. Alexander Gustafson, who really ought to be fighting at 205 still, granted, yes. and is not a grappler, but he looked pretty good there, and, and uh, you know, I, I view him as the guy to beat in this division here. When Verdum is good, he's really good. That's true. Mm. And when he doesn't show up looking, uh, he, he's got a look. I think we've talked about this before, right? Sometimes he shows up and he looks good at, at the, you know, at weigh-ins or whatever, and you're like, oh man, this guy's not going to lose. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he doesn't look like he trained as hard. It's like, all right, we're not going to get him today. <laughs> it's not as weak. <laughs> it's like the only reason I would ever watch weigh-ins is like, I want to know what Fabrizio Dune looks like. <laughs> if I was if I was to gamble on a fight, which I don't gamble. We would, yeah, I'm going to go with Verdum in this one. By uh, yeah, sub. Over Henan uh, Fajera. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would pick him too. He's he's another guy. I'm, you know, I'm not going to just blindly pick him every week, but I, I don't have a reason to pick against him here. Uh, I am interested in some of the other guys that are in the field. You know, Justin Willis, he he came over from the UFC. Uh, he had just lost his last fight for UFC against Curtis Blades, who obviously is fantastic uh, in his own right. But that was his only loss, so he'd be interesting. Muhammad Usman, who I actually spoke to earlier yeah. today. I got the chance to speak with him. Really nice guy, uh, really interesting guy. Uh, the brother, the younger brother, the bigger brother. Uh, of Kamaru Usman, of course. The younger, he's bigger got brother. Brandon Sal- yeah, the younger, bigger brother. He's not, <laughs> I don't think he's that much taller. He's just a lot more, I think you know, he played football. muscled and bigger and that kind of thing. He's a for- former football player, defensive end for uh, Arizona. So, yeah, that was, I mean, I-, I heard Usman talking about him post his Colby fight on the Rogan podcast. Okay. And then I forgot about him until I heard about him fighting this week. And I was like, oh, I guess he's doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, you know, this is obviously a big step up. He was with uh, Titan FC. Uh, before this, well, obviously a solid, uh, you know, regional promotion in the United States as well. Uh, but th- you know, this is this is the next step up. If he wins four fights this year, he wins a million dollars. That's a big deal. Might have more money in, than his brother. <laughs> yeah, he he said. I asked him what he wanted to do with it, uh, with the million dollars, and he goes, "Well, you know, I want to take care of my family, you know, my parents, that kind of thing." And I asked him, "I'm like, well, hold up, Does, is this implying that your brother wasn't taking care of your parents?" He's like, "No, no, no, they were. He was. It's just I want to do it too." <laughs> <laughs> they're competitive, the Usmans. They're very competitive. Uh, I get I, from what I gather. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested to see what what he's like uh, at this level. Brandon Sales, his opponent, hasn't fought in like three years, so I don't know what you're going to expect from him either. Uh, but yeah, I, I would pick Usman here. I think we'll get a lot of finishes with heavyweights, though. <laughs> Let's hope. That's how it usually goes. We got a lot with uh, with 205 last week, so we could we could find a bunch of sixes and fives and those kind of things in the standings, and and you know probably make it a little interesting. Do the heavier women's divisions tend to go that way, like the men's heavier divisions? 
I honestly couldn't tell you about 155 pounds, but I mean, typically, no matter what gender, uh, the higher you go, the more okay. likely you are to get finishes. Right. Um, but I think uh, at least a part of that, I think, is skill disparity because there are fewer people who will do that, you know? Right. But that's that's just speculation there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested in PFL this week, but uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. This is This is the wrap up of their first leg, and then they'll be back again in June. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, but Bellator though, again, Bellator, I really like what they have going on on this card. I think Juan Archuleta, of course, is the headliner going against Sergio Pettis, putting his 135 pound title on the line. Pettis, of course, is a legitimate UFC caliber fighter. You know, people, people like to say, okay, no, Bellator guys are not as good as, as UFC guys. Well, Pettis is good enough. We know that he's more of a 125 pounder, but he can hold his own at 135. And, you know, we'll see. Archuleta is a really good 135er though. Yeah, I'm going to take Archuleta in this one. I will too. I, I feel good about him. I, I think, honestly, Archuleta is somebody who, let's face it, would how would you feel about him going against uh, Aljamain Sterling? Would you write him off completely? You think it'd be an interesting fight? Mm, that would be interesting. I think Sterling would win, though. I don't know the answer, and that's why I like it. It's interesting. You know, I, I think you have you have talent at 135 pounds all over the world. You know, Kyoji Horiguchi. Fighting it's, in Japan, who's amazing. It's the deepest uh, division in, in all of MMA. What's that? It's the deepest division in all of MMA. When you factor in all of MMA, yes, yes. but it's too splintered is the problem. Well, fix that. Well, it's a you know, it's in some ways it's a problem. In some ways, it's you know, it's obviously benefiting some people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the I think the bigger fight in most people's minds is one the fight that we didn't get because uh, Yo Romero had to be pulled from it. He was supposed to fight Anthony Rumble Johnson as part of the. 205 pound Grand Prix that Bellator is doing. So now it's still Rumble on the card. He's going against uh, Jose Augusto Acevedo, the late replacement here. I honestly didn't get the chance to dig into who he is all that deep as of this recording. But unless he is planning to make sure that he gets this fight 10 minutes in and wear out Rumble Johnson, I'm pretty sure he's going to go to sleep. Yeah. If, if I mean, I think that's his, his one way to win. I mean, I don't know much about the guy, but. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe he hits like a truck, too. I really don't know. But uh, the other thing is, too, I mean, we haven't seen Rumble for several years. He stepped away from the sport. He kind of he let himself go a little bit as far as ballooning up in weight. Seems like he's very much back in, sh- in fighting shape again. But, Wait. you know, he's been fighting a long time, man, and he's we, been away a while, so who knows? When we were looking for fights, I looked up Rumble. He doesn't have many decisions on MMA decisions. No, no he doesn't. But one of them was worse, was verse. Uh, Dan Hardy. I'm like, how did these two ever fight each other? He has decisions against Dan Hardy at 170 and Andre Arlovsky at 265. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Which is absurd. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't remember when he fought Charlie Brenneman. And Charlie was, Brenneman, like, yeah. like within two years, was 155 pounds on the same card that Rumble Johnson was at, like, 205. There's, they were 50 pounds apart. If, if, you <laughs> Google, the same um, if you Google Charlie Brenneman, one of the images that comes up is him and Rumble Johnson taking a picture together. And it's like, how are these two ever the same weight class? It, it, it's so funny. Charlie, of course, you know, we, we need to mention that he, he trained at AMA with us. Uh, you know, I, I was in several classes with him. Uh, cool guy. Yeah. But this card, honestly, it, it really is. It's a deep card. And, and, you know, we talked about it before, but. You know, I'm just going to rattle off a few names that I think are of interest. Patricky Fede, uh, Michael Venom Page, of course. He's going against Derek Anderson, who's another solid 175-pounder. Uh, Although this one, Dan, Page and Anderson is 175 pounds. Oh, someone, they, they didn't want to go further? 
I don't know, but uh, man, I'll I'll tell you this: this is the second time we've seen Bellator put on a marquee 175 pound fight. All right, so maybe they're gonna what is it? Super welterweight. Super welterweight is what they call it. Correct. Will they call it a super welterweight bout on the broadcast though? No, no, I They'll don't call think it a catch they weight. I don't think they will. It's it's probably just they're calling it this a special 175 pound feature. That would be my oh, guess. Right. Uh, but you know they keep doing it. Fingers crossed, right? One day it'll happen. Maybe we'll see it. But yeah, Patchy Mix, he's back in. He he obviously just lost to Archuleta. Uh, Henry Corrales, you do you remember? Of course, he beat uh, Andy Main, who I know you have a ton of respect for. We we like Andy. Who is this? Uh, Henry Corrales. Oh yeah, he popped uh, Andy's eardrum. Yeah, good fighter. Got to respect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Perez, too, another former uh, UFC vet who acquitted himself pretty well in the UFC before he left, actually. He also does pro wrestling. Uh, I think oh, the Lucha stuff. Right. <laughs> Got a mask and everything. He used to come out to the UFC uh, in a mask. Really? Yeah. Oh. But they hate that stuff because they hate any pageantry or anything that takes away from the, the you know cold, boring brand. Okay. It is what it is. But I, I, I think this is a great card. I, I'm actually very excited to watch the prelims for this one. I'll try to tune in. All right. See what you can do. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> and then, of course, finally, we have the UFC card. Uh, UFC Vegas 26, as it has been dubbed. And uh, our new main event is Marina Rodriguez and Michelle Waterson. 115 uh, pounders deciding not to cut weight because they're going five rounds now instead of three because this fight was essentially just booked as the heavyweight or the uh, headliner earlier today. I hate it. I don't hate the I- matchup. I hate it being the main event. I I don't hate it being the main event. I actually understand it a lot, and I, and and I think I you ju- can sell Michelle Waterson because she's someone who they've tried to sell as a star before. They put her on you know headliners before. Um, I like. I will say I really like this is 125 pounds, and and that they are able to not cut for this. Yeah, that I'm down with that. I'm just like Jeff Neal versus Neil Magny. Five rounds would be way better. I don't know that they would have even pushed this one to five rounds on such short notice, but well, Both let me ask you this. What go. would you rather have? Would you rather have that as the main event for three rounds, or would you rather have Rodriguez and Watterson for five rounds as the main event? Neil Magny, three rounds. I disagree. I, I want the extra two rounds that we can get from, from these two women who I think will be able to go for the whole fight. I think it'll be interesting. I just I just don't see them as main eventers. I no problem with that. I really don't. doesn't do it for me. That's fine. You're going to watch anyway. I am going to watch it. It's going to go five rounds, and we're going to have to talk about it. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, here we go again. we got to talk about this fight. Well, what if I told you That's that my prediction me. for this one is Marina Rodriguez by TKO? I hope so. I hope it happens in the first five seconds. It probably won't. But I do think it will happen. Yeah, I got I got no pick. I just hope it ends quick. <laughs> Fair enough. You're really down on this one. <laughs> well, no, I, I, like it, 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 just bo- it just bothers me that they got main event booking. All right. I don't I don't think I'm not as I'm not as bothered by it. I'm really not. If mm-hmm. like, if it was between it, let, let's say Neil and Magny, <laughs> Neil and Magny, uh, Jeff Neil and Neil Magny were going to get a five round fight. If th- if this was definitely going to be an option where they were going to get a five round fight, I would have been interested to see that. But short of that, make a fight be five rounds if they're willing to do it. And if it's that one, fine, I'm good with it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, more rounds aren't necessarily better though. For certain, no, fights. but I, you know, I think Rodriguez has been in some decent fights over the time. She's in a lot of split decisions and, and weird decisions that we end up talking about. Uh, Michelle Waterson, kind of same deal, but you know, I think she come, I think these ladies come to fight. I'm interested to see it. We'll see, but you know, the judges for this one and, and really throughout a lot of these, you know, where I think we're going to expect kind of the same New Jersey judges we've been seeing for PFL3. Uh, we did get double duty, uh, from Eric Cologne, who was last week when he was in AC and then two days later. 
was in Vegas. Maybe he'll do it again. I don't know. Uh, but along I would, with him, of course, Carter Urso, another local judge. I would. We were just say, talking about. I would say Cologne would be on PFL and Bellator. You think so? That would oh, be easy. Oh, oh, I think that's okay. easier for him. That's true. I didn't think about that because it's regional, same region. I don't know what he's doing, but well, uh, no, but you uh, know, I think in Bellator we're probably going to get you know some of the guys that we typically get out there. You know, Brian Miner, uh, you know, Dave Peabody, Michael Murtha. These are these are the people I'm assuming. You know, maybe maybe Doug Crosby might be there as well. Um, and then Friday, well, that's Friday. Saturday, yeah, I think probably it would be tougher to get some of the the East Coast judges. Let's let's say Cologne doesn't go out there. Uh, it would probably be. Guys like like we always see Sal D'Amato, Chris Lee, Derek Cleary, uh, maybe Ron McCarthy, Rick Winter, Rick Winter. The, We've seen a lot of Rick Winter lately. The I don't dentist, know. dentist, judging teeth and judging fights. <laughs> that should be his motto. I hope it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> check it. Check it out. Your teeth. Oh, that was a lot of ten nines uh, from that sugar in there. Yep. <laughs> yep. There's no way he's ever said. He might have. No. I, you can be like, hey. No. I'm going to. I don't know the man at all, but like, come on. Who would do that? That'd be awesome. <laughs> you would enjoy it. I would. If it was if it was you, I'm sure you would. What about some of these other fights on on, uh, on the UFC card? Is there anything else you're looking forward to? Well, since uh, we couldn't talk about the, as the main event, which it should be, uh, Jeff Neal versus Neil Magny. Yeah, it's, it's I, a good fight. I, like I that. thought that's the fight I want to look forward to. I mean, that's the fight I was hoping we got to talk about. As the main events, I could pick another fight that I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to, which is Phil Dawes versus Kyle Dawkins. Yeah, that was that was actually the one I was surprised you didn't pick. I didn't pick it because how am I going to pick it over Magni and Neil? But, hey. I don't know, man. It's the battle of uh, Philly versus South Jersey. This is a big deal. It's a big match. And it, yeah. both two good guys. Dawkins so, from Philly, Hoss from South Jersey. It's going to be a fun, fun fight. I like that one. I like that one, too. But that is not the fight I picked. I kind of had a feeling that you would mention it in one way or another, so I left it for you. Thank you. I, even over this one, actually, I picked Diego Ferreira and Gregor Gillespie. It's another fun one. I like that one a lot. I think it's going to be electric. I think we are going to see another potential 155-pound, not contender, but like someone who's you know getting really in the mix right there. You know, maybe maybe there's somebody who gets someone who's kind of on the fringe of the mix and they, you know, they put together and it's like, yeah, let's say these like a win away from a win away or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. I could see something like that. I'd be very interested that Fajera has looked really good. Gillespie, other than the loss to uh, Kevin Lee, has been excellent. Just finishes everybody. He is awesome. I love these fights. Uh, I can't wait for that one. I'm, I'm going to pick out of this one. Ooh, this is really tough. Actually, I didn't really think about who to pick. Uh, my gut says Gillespie. I'm going to say this I... I'm going to go with uh, Gillespie as well. Okay. By Nothing. finish. Okay. Not oh, I, didn't, I don't think we picked your fight. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Jeff Neal by decision. Yeah. I'm going to go Jeff Neal by decision also. And then in your other one, Dawkins and Haas. I'm going to pick Dawkins. I, I like Haas, but I, I was a little underwhelmed with his last performance. Dawkins by Darce Choke. Okay. I will not pick Darce Choke. I'm going to say decision as well. All right. And that's how it means the end of the show. Thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, you know, I hope we all have uh, a good time watching all these fights. Hopefully there are very few decisions because, let's face it, we're not going to be able to break down every round from these three events. Most likely not. Although, man, if, hey, maybe maybe we got a bunch of finishes. Maybe we'll have time for them. We'll see what we get, right? Yeah, I mean, if there's anything super interesting. I think we can cherry pick here and there. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend.